It's Thursday, December 12th, 2019. 79 days since the House began the impeachment process. And this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. Can you believe how close we're getting to the finale of this season of The Trump White House? And the cliffhanger that the writers have been setting up, I tell you, Golden Globes worthy. Okay, today we're talking to BuzzFeed News politics reporter Miriam Elder about a pair of lawyers in the impeachment orbit. They're buddies with Rudy Giuliani, a staple on Fox News, and just happen to be working for a shady Ukrainian billionaire who may or may not have funded Rudy's adventures overseas. But before we get to all that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. Last night, the impeachment process moved into prime time. Sort of. The House Judiciary Committee was ready to begin its review of the articles of impeachment for any edits, a process known as markup. But first, they had to get through a couple of speeches. See, each member is entitled to give a five-minute opening statement in this hearing. And with 41 members on the Judiciary Committee, that adds up to several minutes. So the decision was made to start the process on Wednesday night and do the actual, you know, review part in the morning on Thursday. The speeches were about what you'd expect from each side as far as their defense or condemnation of the president. But there were some real moments, like when Representative Valerie Demings, who also sits on the Intelligence Committee, spoke about why her belief in America is motivating her vote. I believe that only in America can a little black girl, the daughter of a maid and a janitor growing up in the South in the 60s, have such an amazing opportunity. So regardless of the spirited, sometimes painful political debates, no one can make me give up on America. You see, I believe in the promise of America because I've seen the promise of America. I come before you tonight as an American dream realized because America is great and decent and our democracy complete because we live in a government of the people. Across the aisle, Representative Kelly Armstrong spoke about why people are sticking by President Trump even in the face of his pending impeachment. Voters in states like mine that not long ago sent Democrats to Congress, but in recent years have found no home in today's Democratic Party, who feel that their Midwestern sensibilities have been replaced by liberal elitist ideology who feel that partisan points are more important than practical solutions. Voters who know that rather than working to win back their trust and their support, you would rather invalidate the results of the last election and abolish the Electoral College to silence their voices in the future. Your never-ending quest towards impeachment is a constant reminder to these Americans that you don't trust their judgment, that you mock their way of life, and that you couldn't care less about the issues that matter most to them. And Congressman Louis Gohmert just casually tossed out the name of a person a bunch of people on the right think might be the whistleblower, so that's cool. With this part of the process done, judiciary members will be back bright and early to start actually going through the two articles. They're expected to vote on them as soon as this afternoon, which, uh, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening. Meanwhile, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has backed Trump's version of events so far. He's insisted in public interviews that he felt no pressure from Trump in their July phone call. That denial has been held up by Republicans as proof that the Democrats' narrative is all just made-up garbage. And in an interview published by Time on Tuesday, one of Zelensky's top aides denied a key part of testimony from the impeachment hearings. 
He said that despite what the U.S. ambassador to the EU testified, he was never told of a link between a hold on nearly $400 million in aid to Ukraine and Zelensky announcing investigations that would benefit Trump politically. But the Daily Beast reported Wednesday that given Trump's ongoing snubs, Ukraine's defense of the president may change. See, apparently, a statement or tweet from Trump backing Zelensky and maybe inviting him to the White House, finally, that Ukraine was expecting this weekend never came. But you know who did have an Oval Office meeting on Tuesday? Russia's foreign minister. Ouch. According to the Daily Beast, a Ukrainian official said they're reconsidering their strategy on communication with and about the Trump administration, since going along with the White House's story isn't really getting them anywhere which, if they do, would make things much more interesting when Trump goes to trial in the Senate, taking away a key part of his defense. The details of that trial's format have yet to be hammered out, but multiple outlets on Wednesday said that Senate Republicans are pushing now for a quick one, maybe two weeks, where they hear opening arguments, presentations from both sides, called zero witnesses, then vote on whether to remove the president or not. But Trump, being Trump, wants it to be a real showstopper of a trial, jazz hands, with a bunch of witnesses testifying live in his defense. And the White House agrees with him, leaning on senators to stretch things out. Given how quickly we're coming up on when a trial would have to start, it's about time for Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to start making some choices. And now we turn to our refuge from a cruel, crazy world, today's reading from our Nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale of zero is a normal day, normal White House, 10... Richard Nixon resigns, flies away in a helicopter. This morning, we're at a 7.7. Articles of impeachment could come out of the House Judiciary Committee in the next 24 hours. That's the point when Nixon resigned, you have to remember. And while that's not an option on the table right now, it is still really wild to consider how far along in the process we are. We're days, at most, from Trump becoming the third president in history to be impeached. And nobody knows what the world will look like by February 2020. Okay, after the break, we talked to Miriam about the married lawyers slash Trump defenders slash Rudy Giuliani helpers in Ukraine who are leading one of the impeachment story's weirdest sideshows. Stick around. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021 OMG, join Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind the scenes stories that actually happen. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Get all the juicy details of every episode that you've been wondering about for decades as 90210 super fan and radio host Sissony sits in with Jenny and Tori to reminisce, reflect, and relive each moment from Brandon and Kelly's first kiss to shouting, Donna Martin graduates. You have an amazing memory. You remember everything about the entire 10 years that we filmed that show. And you remember absolutely nothing of the 10 years that we filmed that show. <laughs> Listen to 9021OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it is time for This Fucking Guy. It's where we zoom in on a person, place, or thing that's shaping the impeachment. Today, we're looking at a pair of lawyers who have been side characters in the Ukraine saga, but are so weirdly connected to everything. Their names, Joseph DeGeneva and Victoria Tonsing. Both are emphatic Trump supporters, frequent Fox News commenters, and also just happen to have done some work with Rudy Giuliani and his hunt for dirt in Kyiv. We're welcoming back BuzzFeed News politics reporter Miriam Elder, who has a story about these two legal eagles that you can go read on BuzzFeedNews.com, the internet website. Thank you for coming on, Miriam. Thanks for having me, Hayes. So uh, who are these two, and have they always been so weird? So Victoria Tensing and Joe DeGeneva have a very long history in D.C. Mm -hmm. They've basically been operating in the legal realm since like the early 80s. They were both, they got fairly high ranking inside the the Justice Department. Mm. DeGeneva is a former U.S. attorney for D.C. Like these are super official people who rose through the halls of power in D.C., And then they went into private practice. (laughs) And there comes the turn usually for a lot of people, unfortunately. And that's where things get weird. And their turn to private practice coincided with, like, this rise of the celebrity lawyer. Mm. Like, those early days right after the O.J. Simpson trial when suddenly every channel wanted to have, like, a talking head lawyer. Right. And they just became stars, commenting on absolutely everything from— the Clinton impeachment, to any scandal that you could possibly think of that had a legal angle. And then they found their way into Trump's orbit and are now at the center of all this Ukraine stuff. Right. So like you just said, they found their way into Trump's orbit. For a second there, they were going to sign on as lawyers during the Mueller investigation, right? They were. They were going to be part of Trump's like outside the White House legal team. But then just a couple of days after it was reported, another lawyer for Trump was like, oh, never mind. They're not going to do it. Conflicts of interest. But the president uh, you know, looks forward to continuing to work with them. So as we understand it, they're still kind of like informal advisors. Right. So like we said at the top, though, they're in pretty deep with the Ukraine saga, except not at all. They're not part of it. Seems like the main scheme that Trump's being impeached over. But they are mixed up with Rudy Giuliani. How did that come about? So they've known Rudy Giuliani for a long time. They were all, again, high-ranking inside the Department of Justice. Remember that Rudy, Mm, before he was just screaming on Fox all the time, was a big deal before he was a New York mayor. So they've known each other uh, since the early 80s. And then basically what Victoria Tunsing and Joe DeGeneva did was work these connections that they had gathered through decades in practice to kind of just put people in touch with each other. Mm. Victoria Tunsing is the lawyer for John Solomon, the Hill columnist that 
brought a lot of the conspiracy theories to light that Giuliani is relying on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was also meant to travel to Kiev with uh, Giuliani back in the day to meet with the Ukrainian prosecutors. Right. When the New York Times story came out, she was mentioned in there as going with Rudy, but then that was all canceled. Yeah, exactly. When it came to light, it was all canceled. And then the main thing is that they joined the legal team of this shady Ukrainian oligarch, Dmitry Firtash, who is another kind of like center point for for all this stuff, but it is all incredibly confusing. Absolutely. Like, I try to keep it all in my head, and it gets kind of weird and muddled. So this guy, Firtash, though, his name has come up a bunch, including, I remember, I will never forget that Rudy Giuliani, months before all this came out, was on the Hill, actually. They're like a video series dunking on a lawyer for Firtash, and now his friends are working for Firtash. What are they actually doing for him, though? So they signed on in the summer for uh, initially a four-month contract for $1.2 million. Good money. Wow. Not bad. It was recently extended to the end of the year. And the idea is that they're meant to, you know, plead his case to the Department of Justice to get them to drop their request to extradite him. He's wanted in the U.S. on bribery charges. Oh, so that makes sense. Have they actually been successful in, like, pushing his case forward at all? Or was it a waste of money? So they did manage to get a meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr, but it came to nothing. But they must be doing something right if he just extended their contracts. And I think like a really important thing to know is that a key piece of quote-unquote evidence that is being used as like the groundwork for a lot of uh, the accusations against Joe Biden came from the Furtash case after Tunsing and Genova signed on to be his representation. It's this supposed affidavit from one of the disgraced Ukrainian prosecutors saying, oh yeah, I know now, when I was fired a couple of years ago, it was Joe Biden's personal vendetta because of his son's position on the board of this Ukrainian company. And it was, it's this key piece, again, of quote-unquote evidence that came out of this case that they were working on. So there's been a lot of speculation over the last, like, two or three months that Furtash is secretly the money behind all of Rudy's Ukrainian adventures. Has that been backed up at all? So Furtash came out of hiding and gave an interview to the New York Times. He said that he's not the money behind it, but he did acknowledge that he did fund some of Lev Parnas's travel. So, you know, maybe? Kind of. And no. the fact that Lev Parnas, our old friend, is a part of this too. I mean, the web here is just so tangled because if I remember this correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, Parnas was working with Rudy, but Rudy got them in, got him in touch with the Geneva and Tansing, who hired Parnas again to work on their case with Furtash as a translator, but maybe doing more digging for dirt in the process? Well said. Correct. Ah, oh, ding, ding, ding. Awesome. Um, and by the way, listeners, if you want to read more about Furtash, Miriam wrote a great story in October, and we'll link to that, plus her most recent story in the show notes. So in this web, we also have the other prosecutors who we've talked about before, Lutsenko and his deputy. We learned in the impeachment report that DeGeneva and Tonsing had signed retainers with them too, right? Yeah, exactly. But according to their spokesman, this guy Mark Corallo, who also used to be um, a spokesman for for Trump's outside legal team during the Mueller report, they were never executed. Uh, this is all so much. So, what do you think, though, is their end game here? Is this is there any like bigger, deeper conspiracy here, or is this all just about money? I mean, that's kind of the reason that I wrote the story in the first place is to try to figure that out. Like, what drives these people, and what drives people like Rudy Giuliani? Is it their proximity to power? Is it just money? Do they really believe these conspiracy theories? Because these lawyers are on Fox News just as often as Giuliani is. Mm -hmm. 
with these like impassioned pleas. And, you know, you just you have to wonder, do they believe it? Do they not? Do they just want money? And then in the end, like my my conclusion is like it actually doesn't really matter because Mm. they've still done what they've done. Well said. Okay, so let's flash forward really quickly to a year from now. It is 2020, just after the election. What are DeGeneva and Tansing up to? They're definitely sitting in, like, a dark studio with uh, an image of the Capitol behind them. (laughs) And, like, either Lou Dobbs or Sean Hannity Mm. is asking them for their opinion on events. They've been doing this for so long, and they're literally going to be doing it for 100 years more. Uh. Miriam, thank you so much for coming here and illuminating as best you could the spotlight onto these weirdos. Thank you so much. Okay, that is it for today. Tomorrow, we'll have a look at how other countries handle this whole getting rid of their elected leader thing, specifically the United Kingdom and Australia. It's going to be corking, as they might say. I'm told that's a thing they say. Speaking of saying things... As always, we want to hear from you, the listeners. As we move forward towards the actual vote in the House on impeachment, what are you still or newly confused by? What just doesn't make sense to you at this point in the game? Open the voice memo app on your phone, record your message, and send it to us at impeachment at buzzfeed.com. Or just send me a direct message on Twitter. I'm at Hayes Brown, and my DMs open as ever. Be sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go to hear my disembodied voice. And uh, maybe, please, leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show as we all figure this out together. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in.